0: This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. Hey, Dan, did you know that no one cares about men's mental health?
1: I think we might just have to unpack that just a touch.
0: (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Manosphere Debunk, the podcast where you debunk the manosphere. I'm Aileen Barrett on Pat Tender Translators on Instagram.
1: And I'm uh, Dan, otherwise known as the narcissist Psychologist on Instagram.
0: So today we're going to talk about men's mental health or specifically mm-hmm. the kind of manosphere rhetoric around it. Um, mm-hmm. And Dan's going to lead us through, I believe. I hope so, because I haven't <laughs> yes. heard anything.
1: Well, you, you, you haven't. This was yours <laughs> to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. This is um, my sort of area. I was going to say area of expertise because it's not necessarily my area of expertise per se, but I guess it is sort of an area that I probably have a bit more insight into and therefore can try and lend a bit more, I guess, nuance the good old nuance to the conversation. The good old nuance. So I guess to start us off, probably worth noting that I've kind of covered some of what we're going to talk about uh, in podcast episodes on my own podcast um, and also in some blogs that I've written in and around um, suicide. So if any of this sounds familiar, I do apologize. But at the same time, there's probably some other things that we're going to focus on a little bit more specifically within these couple of episodes. But to start us off, one of the things I want to sort of think about is that last year, UFC fighter Paddy the Baddy Pimblet. Have you ever heard of him?
0: I haven't, but that's a great name.
1: A great name, great name. So after a a fight, he, in the ring, delivered a heartfelt post-match message um, in which he noted that men should talk more about their mental health, which came after the fact that he had recently learned about a friend of his who had taken his own life.
0: Mm, Yeah, I do remember that.
1: Yeah, so we're just going to play a clip of that and then... We'll come back.
0: Okay. I woke up on Friday morning at 4 a.m. to a message that one of my friends back home and killed himself. This is uh, five hours before me wedding. So, Ricky, lad, that's for you. But, there's a stigma in this world that men can't talk. Listen, if you're a man and you've got weight on your shoulders and you think the only way you can solve this is by killing yourself, please speak to someone, <laughs> speak to anyone. People would rather... I know I'd rather me make cry on me shoulder than go to his funeral next week. So, please, let's get rid of this stigma and men start talking. Yeah, I didn't remember his name, but I do remember that um, that happening. I do remember his speech.
1: Yeah, so that so that clip, that specific clip went sort of viral, didn't it? Sort of it was mm-hmm. all around sort of social media. It was being shared by quite a lot of people. And I guess really helpfully kind of, you know, promoted that um, idea of reducing stigma and sort of men, you know, encouraging men to talk. Mm-hmm. Following that, there was another clip. Uh, in which Paddy Pimblett is in a press conference interview. And we're going to sort of listen to that clip and then sort of think about that for a bit. So I'm going to send that to you as okay. well.
0: All right. I'm scared of follow-up clips. Let's go.
1: Men just kill themselves and no one cares. We need to change it. There's no funding for men's mental health and it's the biggest killer, but for men between like 21 and 45 and no one talks about it. No one even mentions it, lad. So like before we get into kind of like the discussion I guess what are your just sort of general initial thoughts?
0: Yeah I mean I think that his initial speech is quite well very moving and like just that statement of you know your friends would rather you speak to them than go to your funeral you know is like really powerful and I thought like you know I, I hope that you know somebody who saw that it actually changed the trajectory of how yeah. how they were how they were dealing with things. And then in the press conference. Now I, I don't wanna like be critical of him because he's grieving the loss of a friend and he's not wrong about the suicide being the the main killer of men uh, of a certain age, you know, the highest not the main one, but the highest, you know, uh, percentage, I suppose. He's not wrong about any of those statistics. But I, I guess the problem comes really with this idea that, A, men just kill themselves and no one cares. I don't think that's true. I, it's not how I perceive mm. the world. And also that there's no funding for men's mental health or there's like nobody talks about it. I obviously live in a sort of quite nice left wing internet bubble. And I hear about men's mental health quite a lot. And maybe there are, mm. I'm sure there are like, depending on what po- pockets of subculture you live in, you don't. But it's certainly something that I hear people caring about, even in my feminist bubble. Shock horror.
1: I'm sorry. Are you saying that? Are you saying that there are some women out there in the world that sort of hold care for men and can hold compassion for them?
0: Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to say the majority of them do. I want to say most women love at least some men. But yeah, no, I think that. That kind of idea that no one cares about it, that there's no resources, that the nobody talks about it, is interesting. Given that his thing went viral, hmm. you know, like, well, yeah. so like, I don't want to, I don't want to criticize him directly because I think like he was grieving a friend and he was bringing mm-hmm. to light an issue that is real and important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his statistic, not on the not on the death toll, obviously of, of suicide, which is really significant and important to tackle but on the idea that it's because nobody cares and there's no resources for men to to access, Uh that he's been misinformed about. And because he's sad and angry because his friend died, he's saying it and, I, yeah, like that's not his fault really. Uh But it's a shame that it goes straight from that kind of really moving, raw emotional speech to what is essentially like men's rights activist type vibe quotes, I believe which i think you're gonna tell us a bit more about
1: um i am and actually um there's kind of no point in me really sort of carrying on with the podcast because you've sort of just covered everything
0: oh did i do it again
1: yeah you did it again um so, so no you're right so um for the purposes of this episode We're going to be focusing primarily on, you know, the second clip, which kind of highlights a few areas as you've also highlighted that are worth discussing Mm -hmm. as it's, as you've highlighted, and it's probably worth clarifying that, you know, you and I don't have anything against Paddy Pimblett at all. You know, as you said, he was obviously grieving. It's a high state of emotion and he kind of said what he said. And there's, you know, he's obviously repeated those statistics and those sentiments from somewhere because that's either been the viewpoint that he's been exposed to, or it's kind of the general rhetoric that exists. And I guess the reason why I picked up on it and the reason why I did my initial episodes is because there's this idea that exists quite rightly in what you talked about, sort of from a men's rights activist perspective, that no one cares about um, men's mental health. I guess it's a really good Mm -hmm. example of how that's starting to kind of, I guess, filter down and make its way into sort of mainstream media and is kind of becoming to the attention and being voiced by role models and celebrities and things like that. So, yeah. And so... Over the next few episodes, because I mentioned earlier that we're going to sort of take a few episodes to think about it. But I guess there's three things that sort of come out of Paddy Pimblett's statements within the press conference that I think are worth highlighting. And it's the idea that there's no funding for men's mental health. The mm-hmm. fact that men's mental health only ever seems to be discussed within the context of suicide or men taking their own life. And the fact that mm. no one talks about it or no one cares about it. So those are the kind of three things that we're going to kind of slowly go through. In this episode, we're going to talk about funding. As highlighted, one of the oft often mentioned sort of statements is that there's no funding for men's mental health, which as somebody who works in like the field of mental health, I find really interesting because there are services for mental health and some of them are Mm -hmm. gendered because they have to be like, you know, services that are maybe in psychiatric hospitals or services that are in prisons or things like that. But then there are other services Mm -hmm. that aren't gendered, like community mental health settings, primary primary Mm -hmm. healthcare, first point of contact for mental health, um, which would be like your GPs. None of those kind of, Mm -hmm. none of those services are necessarily gendered. But what I also do know is that funding for mental health across the board is generally dog shit in the sense that it's not, (laughs) it's not, it's not very good. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a quality. It's, it's equally dog shit for everyone. Yeah
1: in an analysis of the government spending on mental health uh, which was last updated in august 2023 the british medical association notes that there has been a welcome increase in the uk government commitments to mental health services in england in recent years which has translated into an overall higher level of funding however while spending is increasing it is not increasing at a fast enough rate spending on mental health is increased Mm. at a slower rate than overall NHS expenditure, and the proportion of the NHS England budget spent on mental health has fallen since 2016, 2017. Since that time, there has been a cash terms increase in total NHS spend on mental health of 28%, which in real terms represents a smaller 15% increase, according to the 2021 prices of everything. Okay. And then I guess alongside that, um, on a nhs confederation website which is a a common piece was written in 2022 by the chief executive matthew taylor um who wrote that today in the uk mental health problems account for 28 percent of the burden of disease you know that the nhs treats which is also some interesting language to be used mm-hmm. but only 13 of <laughs> nhs spending
0: mm, that's quite stark isn't it um I think you're missing out the bit where they say, but women are getting loads of funding for their mental mm. health. Are you not is that not in there at all? No, no. Or? So I
1: guess so I no? guess one of the things that I was gonna say is is that the, the, the inference then when people say um, there's no funding for men's mental health is that there obviously must be loads of money being spent on women's mental health, right? Yeah. So I looked into that. Um and mm-hmm. what I did find is that there was a women's mental health task force, which was commissioned to investigate the mental health needs of women. Okay. So that does exist. The task force produced a report, which was published in 2018. And in the introduction to the executive summary, it reads the women's mental health task force was set up in response to evidence of deteriorating mental health amongst women and poor outcomes experienced by some women in mental health services. Women are more likely to experience common mental health conditions than men. And while rates remain relatively stable in men, prevalence is increasing in women. Young women are a particularly high risk group with over a quarter experiencing a common mental disorder, such as anxiety or depression, which is almost three times more than young men. The task force was established to set out priorities for improving women's mental health and their experiences of service. Mm-hmm. which is nice and that's good. It's 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 helpful that there's been a task force set out. However, mm-hmm. none of that translates necessarily, or at least what I can find, into any extra funding for women. There is, doesn't necessarily mean right. that there's any more money being channeled towards women's services or that there are necessarily any more women's services being set up, at least that I could find.
0: I think it's often the way with... A problem that government wants to kind of give lip service to is that they'll commission a review or a report or a task force, and then the review or report or commission or whatever will issue findings, and then they'll go, cool, thanks for mm-hmm. that, and then that's the end of it. It's not necessarily going to yeah. change the world.
1: So on uh, following on from that, so in the Government Women's Health Strategy for mm-hmm. England... Um, which was updated in August 2022, the only reference to mental health funds reads as following. We are committed to our ambitious plans to expand and transform NHS mental health services backed by 2.3 billion pounds more in real terms each year by 2023 to 2024 with a planned update to the NHS long-term plan later this year, considering the impact of the pandemic on the delivery of wider NHS commitment to transform mental health services. That's it.
0: That sounds like mm. nothing. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, so, is, so that two point three million here is that? Um, is that just well, in well, general? Yeah,
1: that, that's basically just the general funding that's being sort of put into mental health right. services. It's not that um, women's mm. mental health services are receiving two point three billion. It's just, it's, it's, it's just highlighting the money that exists within the sort of consideration of and uh, funding from mental health anyway, in general. And that's pretty much all that I can see in that strategy. So on the one hand, while there (laughs) is some movement towards trying to understand women's particular difficulties and needs and a recognition that Mm -hmm. women experience, you know, sort of mental illness at higher rates than men. And that there are maybe particular things that relate to women's mental health that doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily translate into um, any additional funding. For women, it just falls under the general umbrella of mental health funding that men's mm-hmm. mental health has access to.
0: Yeah. If you go to the GP and you say, I feel depressed, the GP doesn't go, oh, well, it's a good job you're a woman because there's a pot of funding that exactly. can get you into some counselling real yeah. quick.
1: Exactly. And another point to kind of highlight the sort of ever declining state of mental health provision in England. In an article written by The Guardian um, in July 2021, it wrote that its analysis of official figures show that the NHS in England now has almost 6,000 fewer beds for people with conditions such as schizophrenia or eating and personality disorders. Wow. So across the board, there is a general sort of reduction and sort of stripping back of mental health provision for everyone. So I guess sort of, you know, the sentiment that there is no funding for men's mental health is true in the sense that actually funding for mental health overall is being reduced, but it's not necessarily yeah. a lack of funding specifically for men's mental health.
0: Exactly that. Yeah, I think that's... It's such an important point because it makes it like some kind of oppositional thing when it's just like we need more funding mm. for mental health in general.
1: Mm. So in a similar search, when I was trying to find out if there was any funding for women's mental health, I did find mm-hmm. an article from the BBC call that was titled Men's Mental Health Support Group Gets NHS Funding. And it goes on further to say oh. that a support group to help men deal with anxiety, depression and grief has received more than £4,000 from the NHS. And I think that was in 2020.
0: Oh, that's good. We like that. Yeah, more of that, please. Which
1: is great, isn't it? And that is actually really positive and that is really Mm -hmm. fantastic that that exists.
0: But Dan, there's no funding for men's mental health, so I think fake news.
1: Obviously holding in mind that £4,000 for one group is, you know, it's like, it's, 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 it's not a lot of money, is it? But I think, you know, and and I think this is something that we'll focus on in the sort of later episodes is that whilst there is a narrative that exists that people don't care and people don't say anything and that there is no funding for men's mental health. Mm -hmm. This is just just one example. And I'm not saying that just one example sort of debunks the entire thing, but Mm -hmm. I guess it is interesting at the same time that. That something like this does has happened um, which is great it's so, yeah. it's and also like I looked into it it sounds like such a lovely charity and there's like this really sort of um, lovely photo of this man with a beaming smile on the front of the car uh, but on the front mm-hmm. so it's great you know it's one of those things that you think like mm-hmm. yeah this is this is lovely mm-hmm. but at the same time, there isn't even just one article that kind of exists in the same vein for
0: well, i feel like for, a women's for, group. for
1: like a women's group yeah
0: that's interesting
1: it's just weird
0: has there been any like government funded task force or research or commission into men's mental health or male suicide or anything like that
1: not that i could find not that i could okay. find
0: that's i think they should be doing that yeah
1: they they should um but there is there is a document um that was made by the mind charity um the charity mind uh-huh. um in which they looked at um i think in 2009 they kind of looked at the state of men's mental health and then they did a 10 year follow up and kind of looked at like similar things to kind of think about sort of barriers to Um, men accessing mental health and things like that so whilst the government haven't done it Mm -hmm. there is a charity organization that has done it how much that's translated into sort of governmental policy and funding i'm not entirely sure
0: it's just in oh yeah july 2023 On the old parliament, UK parliament website, MPs to examine men's mental and physical health in new inquiry. The health and social care committee has launched a new inquiry with a focus on men's physical and mental health to understand the drivers behind higher levels of disease and fall in life expectancy. MPs will consider whether men are more reluctant to seek help on health issues and how this might be addressed. Okay. So that's happening this year.
1: All right. Okay. So they are looking into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. That is good.
0: Yeah. it's um, People get angry when you say men are less likely to seek mental health help because they're like, well, it's not their fault. Don't blame them for their own problems. Mm. And it's like, I'm not. Just saying. Like the first clip that we listened to alludes to that in a way. It's like the patriarchal roles that men have lived under mean that they don't want to ask for help. But again, that's equating... Suicide with mental health, which is not always good, but that's a spoiler for the next episode, I (laughs)
1: suppose. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, we'll focus on the next episode. But I guess just to go back to your point, there's an interesting counter argument that seems to come out of the manosphere or sort of like the men's rights activists is when you kind of talk about how certain masculine expectations placed upon men make it less likely for them to access things like healthcare or mental healthcare they turn that into a victim blaming narrative it's like so you're blaming men for their own deaths and I I know that sounds extreme but I've literally seen people say that like you're blaming men for taking their own life I have too no no Not saying that it's the men's fault for doing it, but there is something about being a man that means you are less likely to reach out to seek support. And that is something that has to be taken into account in the sort of social fabric of our society that gives men and boys the message that don't go to the GP, don't sort of get your knees looked after, don't sort of talk to people about how you're feeling and things like that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a really interesting sort of way that they kind of spin it and say, oh, you're victim blaming, you're saying that it's men's fault for doing it. you're like, bullshit. What we're trying to say is that that's, expectation or that limitation on help seeking is crap and it needs to change
0: yeah and it's it'd be like if i were to say that the the expectations on um young girls and their body image and focus on dieting culture within like female social circles leads to more girls having eating disorders nobody would go oh you're victim blaming Mm. like of course that's just we're talking about the societal pressures that lead people to develop eating disorders right there's no difference to saying the societal pressures that fall on men mean that they're less likely to seek help mm-hmm. for their mental health and that that can lead then to severe depression or, you know, in some instances, death by suicide. The idea that that is blaming the individuals who die is
1: preposterous. And and if anything, it's directing the, the blame and the source of the strife at the kind of The societal expectations and saying that that's what needs to change it's this it's the the messages that men get it's the um, rules for masculinity that are taught to young boys when they grow up that's what needs to change that's where your massive problem you know one of the massive problem lies not saying that that person who took their own life that they're to blame for their own difficulties and their own strife and stuff like that. That's not what we're saying. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that they have troubles, have difficulties, but for whatever reason, felt less able and less capable to go and seek support in whatever shape that looked like. It did not necessarily need to be a GP and it did not necessarily need to be a, um, you know, therapist or whatever. It could just be the fact that no one close to him knew that he was having difficulties. Because he felt that he had to hold on to that all by himself and couldn't share whatever burdens he was feeling.
0: Yeah, and and obviously that relates to the fact that it's not always about actual mental health issues mm. or illness. It sometimes is about well, I don't want to go into it too much, but <laughs> yeah. I assume there'll be some stuff about like the financial pressures of being a man. Yeah, exactly. The thing that you have to provide and then whatever it might else it might be. Yeah, but yeah, I think I mean it's it's the weaponization of of, of kind of therapy language and like advocacy language isn't it like mm. the whole the idea that you're saying that you're victim blaming men you know it's it's just it's just like that's not what that means babe no um, and these same people will victim blame women anyway mm. the kind of manosphere types yep. they're mm. very happy to say like she shouldn't have gone back home with him if she didn't want to have sex but then they'll be like don't talk about the societal pressures on men that's victim blaming <laughs> are you okay mate are you all right
1: yeah it's um it's very it's very contradictory. But I guess, you know, that's our own fault for assuming that manosphere rhetoric has logic, right?
0: Yeah, no i have I d I've I've made that mistake before. <laughs> I should really learn.
1: But I guess to kind of, you know, follow on from what you were saying, one of the things that we're also mm-hmm. gonna focus on in the next episode, as well as sort of like the multiple factors that might sort of lead to somebody taking their life, is also the consideration of the intersectionality of men who may or may not be more impacted by mental health or sort of the factors that may contribute to the decision to to perform suicide Mm -hmm. which is also something that isn't necessarily held in mind when talking about men who experience sort of mental health difficulties there's always Mm -hmm. a lack of intersectional consideration around the race of the men that might experience more mental health difficulties the sexuality of the men who might experience more mental health difficulties the sort of socio-economic or class strata that somebody that some of these men might fall into but Mm -hmm. yeah those are the things that we will think about next time
0: that sounds like a super fun episode Mm -hmm. i bet people can't wait yeah
1: i mean also have you not learned by now that kind of the things that we chat about are yeah
0: that's why we have to have ragging on jordan peterson Uh, interludes that's right i mean just for that it yeah, up. it's
1: where we get the, the the brevity for these episodes.
0: I'd like to say one more thing, and I hope you're not going to say it in a future episode, but I don't think so, because it is about like resourcing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that I'm aware of a lot of charities that focus specifically on men's mental health.
1: Oh my god, I've just thrown my ha- I've just thrown my hands up in the air. That's like episode three. and you just hang on?
0: Oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye everyone. Bye. See you next week.
1: Bye. <laughs>
0: If you enjoyed today's episode of Manosphere Debunked, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also send questions, suggestions and thoughts to manospheredebunked at gmail.com. All of the materials referenced in this podcast are linked in the show notes. We don't have to end like that. You know? I mean, just, <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Actually, that's quite a good way to end, to be fair.
0: Yeah, no, it's quite, I think we should probably end it like that. Yeah. <laughs>